The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo is joining us on this Monday with Global Commodity Analytics. I tell you, Mike, if there's ever a week that maybe we could see some excitement in these markets, see some excitement in agriculture. I think this is the week. It is. I think you've got a good uh, mindset with the demand side, especially, Susan. And I think you also can think about the demand side and in the form of the trade negotiations and how well they go and also building the case of whether we need to price in any kind of weather market or price premium in the corn and beans and wheat uh, any more than we already have based upon how the trade negotiations go this week. And why I'm putting so much pressure on the trade negotiations is because we're really up against some hard deadlines. Paul Ryan has come out and said that NAFTA has to be done by May 17th in order to get it through the Congress before they go home for the uh, summer holiday. Also, they need it in this time period because they want to get that uh, signed and taken care of, at least in principle, before the Mexican elections come on. And I've got a very good cattle client that trades a lot of cattle on the Mexican-U.S. border, and uh, he's really educated me of the last few years how things have been going down there. And unlike here in the United States, the person that's leading in the polls right now by double digits is essentially a Marxist or a true socialist and would most likely just clean house in terms of his administration and the people that he would replace. And so the negotiation process would essentially start from scratch and the beginning all over again when it comes right down to it uh, based upon his opinions and what he's hearing uh, from his counterparts across the border in Mexico. So you have that and NAFTA, and that's only three days away. And then you also have the Chinese vice premier coming over here uh, and I think the trade was very nervous about that trip being delayed slash canceled at the end of last week. We saw that in the soybeans and the hogs and the negativity in the markets at the end of the week last week. Well, President Trump has moved the ball forward by acquiescing some on the electronics uh, for a certain firm in China. Now that vice premier is coming back, and the expectation once again is that he may come with a check for some agricultural products, U.S. agricultural products. So I think this week we'll have a very strong idea of whether we can finally put these trade issues to bed and how we go into the midterm elections here in the United States as far as President Trump satisfying his agriculture base. You know, Mike, globally, you know everybody's going to be watching what happens here in the U.S. They're going to be watching Twitter. They're going to be watching all aspects of social media just to see where we're at in the process with NAFTA, where we are in the process with China, if that check that you talked about will actually, you know, be handed over for some good. So there's a lot of pressure as well as positives that could happen this week. That's exactly right. And I, you know, we continue to, in the analysis here, Susan, keep watching over three primary commodities, wheat, cattle, and soy meal. And those would probably be in rank and reverse order, soy meal being the most important when it comes to China, and then the wheat being the next most important when it comes to NAFTA, and then cattle when it comes to the investor sentiment as a whole when it comes to commodities. And I think 
you also have to wrap in that the dollar and the way the dollar has been trading on good trade news. It weakens against major Latin American currencies. It weakens against the Russian ruble. And when we have bad news, when it comes to trade, the reverse happens. And so we have a lot of work to do in terms of getting back to the demand schedule that we should have been on uh, before these two major features hit us, you know, in the last couple, three months. We're still running about 12% behind last year uh, in the uh, wheat export inspections year to date. That actually matches up with USDA's projections, so it's not all bad when it comes to wheat. Uh, corn, however, we're running 15% behind year to date in marketing inspections for the exports, and USDA only has us about 3% lower than the prior marketing year. Soybeans were running about 11% behind the prior marketing year. USDA has us down about 5%. So a lot of work to do in the corn and beans. So, again, there's only a certain number of weeks left in the marketing year. I think this adds even more importance to these trade negotiations and how we go into summer on the demand side. And then we start talking about, okay, now that we've got our demand side back, maybe then we start talking about weather again. And if there is still weather pockets out there, either because of late plantings or missed rains, the, mar- the futures market is more apt to put that into prices. Well, I was reading earlier in the weekly inspection report that came out that we saw some, some improvement, at least, for the soybeans. Even though we're behind where we're at, there was some positive action going on this last week. Yeah, you know what we're looking for, and that, that's a really good point, because what we have noticed is you have a good week in the inspections, but then a very poor week in the export sales, or vice versa. What we really need to string together are several weeks in a row of very strong actual shipments and inspections and also weekly export sales, especially when it comes to the meal market. Because one thing that China has in their favor right now, and and this is something that I've been doing a lot more political analysis um, because of what's going on in these trade negotiations, but one of the things that China's really on the path to is, I think, trying to pressure President Trump harder before the November midterm elections. And they can get away with that because their meal supplies domestically they've been building, and that's mainly because their hog margins have been so bad that they've been pressing through uh, hog marketings with lighter weights. But their meal supplies right now, and I have a ability to keep track of this uh, in real time, those meal supplies are running at one-and-a-half, two-year highs right now, Susan. So you've got a situation where China's got the upper hand, and I think if I were in their position and I were negotiating with someone like President Trump, I would be saying to myself, let's try and pressure him the most now because he doesn't want to lose his agriculture base in the midterm elections because then the second half of his presidency is not nearly as strong in terms of a Congress that will work with him. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. We'll take another look at this grain side, of course, the livestock as well here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo is joining us with Global Commodity Analytics. As we look at the recent rain showers over the weekend, what are your, have you guys paid much attention to it from a marketing aspect? I think they're starting to pay more attention in the upper Midwest, Susan. I think Minnesota coming in last Monday at only 9% planted on corn when their average is 44. North Dakota, 7% when their average is 24 and South Dakota coming in at 6% when their average is 33. 
I think that has a lot more importance, especially in light of the USDA report last week when we did fall below that 1.7 billion bushel carryover number here domestically. And we're also now down in world course grain stocks. The stocks to each ratio is down around 17%. That's the lowest since the 2014 and 2015 marketing years. And so we cannot afford to lose any more harvested acres or we can't afford to lose the national yield that USDA gave us of 174 bushels, which I think is a bit too high this year, especially given some of these planning delays. I've got a good customer, uh, commercial customer in northwestern Ohio, not in, kind of in between Lake Erie and uh, Toledo, and uh, he's talking about how some in his area uh, have not even turned a wheel yet in that part of Ohio. So we have some areas that really matter, and again, it goes back to if we get underneath these trade issues and they get more of a positive role and investment flows come back in, the dollar stays weak. I think weather can be traded a lot more easily. Do you expect any surprises with the report this afternoon? I think the crop conditions in hard red wheat are not getting any better. I've talked to a client uh, in western Kansas that has told me that it is trying to head out and it's getting sicker and sicker looking. And so I think that this is the biggest disconnect in the market right now. And that's why wheat is one of my top features in the market is if you want to get over the supply negativity that we've had to deal with the last three to five years, we have to get over that wheat hill and that wheat hump first. And I think you've got the wheat quality tour that the trade woke up and realized how bad the crop was. But then USDA came in with an all-wheat production number that was actually bigger than the average trade guess and was actually a little bit over the highest trade guess. And so they came in with an exceptionally strong yield of 46.8 bushels on all wheat for this year's crop. I'm actually 5.2 bushels below that at 43.6. That would shave about 125 million bushels off this wheat crop, Susan. And if we saw that, I think then you'd start to talk about the wheat upside again. Let's jump over to the livestock side of the trade, Mike. We saw some definite struggles in this cattle market today. Yes, and you, you're under a really tough seasonal right now, unfortunately, where the cattle lose to the hogs. And we had a big drop. You know, we started off in April with the cattle premium at about $60 uh, premium to lead month hogs. Once the April fat cattle went off the board, that immediately took us down to about $38 uh, premium in the fat cattle. We were able to rally the last couple weeks uh, out of that hole, but now it looks like we're going to try and go back down and test that. This opens up the door of retesting the May lows in the fat cattle of 103.80. That's the big number to watch, I think, Susan, because if you take out that May 4th low of 103.80, uh, you're also taking out the uh, September 1st 2017 low of 104.10. If you do that on a monthly basis, um, you've got a you've got some downside. Uh, in the short term. However, that being said, you've got a gap above this market at 110. So I think in the short term, it may be negative because the funds want to go ahead and pressure the fat cattle futures against the hogs. But I think the cash market is extremely stout with the dressed weights down six pounds last week, boxed beef prices, creating an opportunity where packers are up to $150 ahead in terms of profit. So I think what the, what we lose in the short term, we can make up before the June contract goes off the board because of the gap to the upside. So that's kind of how I'm playing it right now. We're going to have to wait till week's end to see any cash take place? Yeah, I think this will go back to the, the demand side of the equation. If we get these trade deals locked in, I'm hearing the Packers are mostly short-bought. That would make sense based upon the last couple weeks of sales. So if we get some trade deals, especially NAFTA knocked down, um, I think we actually could see the hogs and cattle rally pretty nicely, maybe even before the end of the week. 
And speaking of the Hogs, summer contracts kind of leading a bit on the trade today. Yeah, this is the monkey uh, that's been on our back, just like the soybeans has been this U.S.-China trade deal. And, and notice that what we did last week in the, in the June uh, hog contract was get up to above the $77 level on a close, and it looked like we were on our way to try and test the $79, $80 highs from March and April. But then the negative news came in, the form of China not coming over uh, this week. Well, with that news back on and that the Chinese are coming back over, I think you do have that chance for retesting those highs from last week. And if we can get through that 77.50 uh, area on a closing basis in June hogs, then you're back on track for trying to test that 79 to $80 level. That is an area I think we should hedge. Sounds good. Best way for folks to reach you, Mike? Go to the website. Brand new redesign has a lot of information on it, globalanalytics.biz, or call me toll-free if you have a question, 866-471-2588. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network, and it's being brought to you by all your great Fontenelle and local Fontenelle dealers. Again, Mike Zuzalo was our guest today. This will be podcast after 3 o'clock, listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.